I really have a burning word on my heart for you this morning. I'm very excited to share with you. I know we're still receiving the offering right now. How many of you received notes as you came in? Most of you. If you don't have the notes, go ahead and raise your hand up for me real quick. We've got Elena and Hannah are going to come around and help you out. Just keep your hand up nice and high so we can see it. There you go. If you're a couple, you don't have to share. You guys can have your own notes with each other. If you haven't figured it out by now, your, your spouse probably doesn't think like you. That's a whole other message. Don't worry, we're praying for healing this morning, so if you need a miracle for that area, we can help you out. Everybody get their notes? Good? Wonderful. Wonderful. I love these notes. They really are a blessing to me because it helps. I can go back later after Pastor James has shared and, you know, really dissect and dig into it and study it out. And, you know, there's one thing to hear somebody preach, but there's another thing to dig your own well. Amen? You know, I love partaking of somebody else's secret place, but you got to have your own walk with God. You've got to have your own ability to dig into the Word of God. You've got to have, you have your own secret place. Are you with me? To have an ability where you hear from the voice of heaven for yourself where you experience Jesus for yourself, where you study the Word of God to show yourself approved. It doesn't say your pastor needs to study so that you can be approved. It says that you show yourself approved, right? A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. That's probably the only time you're going to hear me quote anything out of the King James. I have never liked if. That drives me crazy. If God ever speaks to me in, in if or thouest or thus, I'm just not going to listen. I'm say, listen, man, you need to catch up to the 21st century. I have no idea what you're saying. If you have your Bible, open with me to Acts chapter 3. I want to talk to you this morning about four keys to unlock victory for healing. Four keys that are going to unlock victory for healing. Healing is a subject that I'm extremely passionate about, and clearly, so is Jesus. The Bible says in almost every instance where he preached the gospel, it says that Jesus went about teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And in the church today, we've got to begin to contend. Just as I said, we have to dig our own well for intimacy with the, with the Lord and the Word of God. We've got to dig our own well for our own miracle power. Amen? You believe that inside of you, you have an ability to see the sick healed. Inside of you, you have an ability to see yourself healed. Jesus didn't leave us ill-equipped. He gave us His Word and many other things to see us touched and so that we can touch this world around us. And as you're in Acts chapter 3, I want to quote something to you very quickly. Deuteronomy 28, verse 59. You know, the word this year is victory over long battles. And I know some of you in the room and, and even some family members that you know have been plagued with sickness for a long time. You know, it's been an ongoing thing and constant doctor's visits and doctor's appointments and whether it could be, you know, something that's not ultra-serious diabetes or high blood pressure. You know, of course, it could get worse to something that's very serious, cancer, something happening in your body, leukemia may have struck you. You know, we just ministered in New Haven on Friday night, and there was a woman that had lupus there. How many of you know that that's not an inheritance as a child of God? And in Deuteronomy 28, verse 59, of course, this is speaking about 
the curse of those who are under the law who don't follow the Lord. It says that there will be fearful plagues on you and your descendants, harsh and prolonged disasters and severe and lingering illnesses. Say, I'm not under the law. Thank God for that. The Bible says in Galatians 3, 13 and 14, I'm going to read it out of the message. It says this, Christ redeemed us from that self-defeating, cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself. Do you remember the scripture that says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree? That is what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse and at the same time dissolved the curse. Thank you, Jesus. He dissolved the curse. And now because of that, the air is cleared. And we can see that Abraham's blessing is present and available for non-Jews too. We are all able to receive God's life, his spirit, in and with us by believing just the way Abraham received it. That's powerful. Jesus, when he went to the cross, did not just give you an ability to have a saving moment where you get to go to heaven when you breathe your last breath. Jesus wants your body saved this side of eternity. Jesus has called your physical body to be healthy, strong, without aches, and without pains. Moses was 120 years old before he checked out of here. And from the looks of it, most of you aren't that close, although some of you might be. But even if you are, if you've not hit 100, I'm purposely not looking at some of you because I'll get in trouble. But even if you are, the Bible under an old covenant that Moses was in lived to 120 years old. I don't think there's anybody in the room that's over 80. So that means if you, even if you are 80 years old, you've got another 40 years left of health, vitality, and strength in your physical body. Now, this might not make sense for some of you, you know, because you're younger and you're, you know, full of vigor and everything, just like me. Dylan, don't say a word. But the truth is, this applies to you. You've got to begin to build this into your spirit and begin to understand that you're under a greater covenant and a greater blessing. The blessing of Abraham is on you, and it's more than just prosperity, and it's more than just having finances and great resources and commanding people. It's having a physical vitality in your body where colds can't touch you, where the flu doesn't affect you, where sickness and disease, no matter how many times it comes around and, and all the new diseases and conditions that are coming out even now, they don't affect your body. Can I tell you, arthritis is not an, an inheritance for a child of God. Having asthma is not an inheritance for the child of God. Being barren in your womb is not an inheritance for the child of God. We are made to be fruitful, we are made to multiply, and we are made to represent Jesus. Yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I have a dear friend of mine. Um, I can share this now because they've gone public with it. I have a dear friend of mine that, that uh, I worked with. I recently transitioned out of doing life insurance and so I can be home more, and now I do real estate, and I'm having lots of fun with that. That's a whole nother world. Jesus, help me. But I have a friend that I was on the road with for a lot of time, and, you know, really, I spent just as much time with him as I did with my wife. I was on the road quite a bit, and I remember him and his wife had tried to get pregnant several times and really struggled to, to see it happen. And, you know, they had tried in vitro and, you know, all the other things that you do to try to you know, really just help the process along, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong and couldn't understand, you know, why it wasn't taking and what the issue was, and is it her and is it him, and, you know, how many of you know there's a struggle that we can go through if we're believing God for a miracle, but it just doesn't seem to break through? How many of you have been there 
where, my God, I'm believing, I trust in your word, I'm acknowledging you, and I, want to, I'm, I believe I can be healed, but it just doesn't seem to pop. And I remember struggling and even getting in arguments with this guy, and well, maybe it's not God's will. And, you know, how many of you know when things don't happen, you can start to, in your head, kind of crit, well, maybe it's not time, and maybe I'm just meant to do this, and maybe, you know, it's just not my lot for me, and, and I know God wants to heal me, but maybe... You know, maybe there's something wrong in my life and I'm missing it somewhere and, you know, really all nothing but lies. I want to tell you this. When the law says defeat, grace says victory. The first key to unlock victory for healing. When the law says defeat, grace says victory. I remember looking at my friend and saying, listen, man, if you don't believe, I'll believe for you. I'll stand on that promise for you. It don't, I, I don't care if you're in unbelief or not. It doesn't matter to me. Unlike most people that I've been around, I, 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 for me, it doesn't matter if you don't believe or you do believe. It, it makes no difference to me. If I can have faith for your miracle, then we can get the job done. You think about the cripple that they lowered down through the roof. It says because of their faith, the man received his miracle. You might be in here this morning and you have absolutely zero faith for your own personal miracle and your own physical healing in your body. It's okay. You stepped into the right place and before we're done, heaven's going to touch your body and you're going to walk out of this place completely changed and healed and set free in Jesus' name. So I said to him, I'm going to believe for you, man. I'm going to stand with you and... I mean, it's a whole huge story, and, you know, if we're ever at dinner somewhere, ask me about it, and I can kind of share the whole thing. But the long and short of it is, for three years, they struggled to get pregnant. That, that's a, to me, that's a good bit of time, three years, to struggle to get pregnant. Some people, you, no matter what they do, it's like they get pregnant no matter what. I mean, my God, no matter, you just you even look at each other, oh, she's pregnant, there you go. I'm not going to look at anybody in this church because there are some sitting near us that are like that, but that's okay. He called me um, about two months ago now, I believe it is, and I, I don't remember, you know, I can't remember the whole, like, you know, 10 weeks and you figure out what the baby is and it, 20 weeks, okay. So it was more than 20, or almost 20 weeks ago now. And uh, he called me up, and he was crying over the phone. I thought, my God, no. He, you know, to be honest, my first thought was, man, he gave up. He just, you know, you can only do so much in your own strength until you're finally just like, I, I got nothing left. I don't know what to do. He calls me up. He says, you have a second? I said, absolutely, I do. He said, you know how we haven't been able to get pregnant for the last three years? I said, oh, yeah, I remember. He said, um, my wife is pregnant now. He said, not only is she pregnant, she's pregnant with twins. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to tell you, grace makes up the difference. When, when you feel like it's over and you've given up all your strength and you've exhausted your, re I mean, they spent thousands to try to get, you know, the seed and the sperm to meet to, and the egg and everything else. And they try, spent thousands of dollars to try to get it and went into debt over it. And Grace came and said, no, it's my will. I'm going to get it done. And in spite of you, 
My grace is made perfect in your weakness, and I'm going to get glory through this thing one way or the other. God is going to meet you where you've lost hope and lost strength to see it come through in your life, and grace is going to make up that difference. Can you say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5 says this, But when in God's plan the proper time had fully come, God sent His Son born of a woman, born under the regulations of the law, so that He might redeem and liberate those who were under the law, that we who believe might be adopted as sons, as God's children with all rights, as fully grown members of a family. Powerful. You don't have to wait for your inheritance, friends. You don't have to wait. You have access into a grace right now that can fully equip you for every good work that you have. Acts chapter 3, now that you've been there for 10 minutes, I'm still not there. Acts chapter 3. What's the first key? Grace. Yes. Acts chapter 3 says this. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter, they said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately, say immediately, his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leapt, stood and walked, and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And Come on, say that again. Walking and leaping and praising God. That's about to happen to you this morning. Walking and leaping and praising God. Come on now, walking and leaping and praising God. I can feel it right now, walking and leaping and praising God. Every ache and pain in your body must go right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Every say, I rebuke arthritis off of your bones in Jesus' name. Verse 9, all the people saw him walking and they praised God. If for no other reason does the Lord touch you, it's so that the people around you can come to a saving knowledge of who he is. You might struggle with having a love for yourself. I've got news for you. He loves you so much that he went to the cross for you. And he loves you so much that he wasn't willing to leave you alone and have you try to figure this thing out this side of eternity until you get to heaven. He sent his Holy Spirit so that he can be with you forever. Isn't that a good thing? Isn't that a good thing? See, the law says alms. The man was asking for alms. But it says you can't have the anointing. See, law will tell you, you're fine begging. You're fine trying to get money. You're fine trying to go to the doctor. You're fine trying to understand the root of it, of what you did physically to, that would cause that disease to get into your body. That's what the law says. The law says alms, but not anointing. The law says you can beg, but you can't break through. The law says you can stay bound and you can't take ground. The law says sick, but grace says healed. The law says disease, but grace says dominion. The law says oppression, grace says possession of the promise. The law says you're captive, but grace says I'm free. Woo, you're in grace, baby. You're in grace. See, Jesus took what you deserved 
so he can give you what he deserved. One of the biggest struggles I see with people when it comes to receiving their miracle is they are so fixated on themselves that they can't even see outside of their own circumstance. Do yourself a favor. One of the most freeing things I could ever tell you, this is not about you. <laughs> you that's a reason to clap. That's kind of a big deal. This ain't about you. It's not. We spend a lot of time disqualifying ourselves from something that Jesus more than covered. It's not about what you did or didn't do. It's about what he's done. When he took those stripes on his back, man, he covered you. He foot the bill. Let me tell you a story. One of my favorite restaurants is Texas de Brazil. How many of you know what that place is? Two people in the, in three people in the, man, you need to live and get outside of Connecticut. Quit going to Denny's. You need to get somewhere good. My Jesus. I love moons over Miami just like the next person. But my goodness, you need to get over to Texas de Brazil. The long and short of it, that place, it ain't cheap. It's about $50 a plate. So listen, if you're going to take your girl out and, you know, it's your anniversary or something, this ain't somewhere you go all the time. You take your girl out and treat her right. You go there, man, it's all you can eat, filet mignon, steak, ribs, chicken. I mean, you, you just go on and on. I purposely saved this message until after you were done fasting. I'm kind of revving the engine back up for you to get you going again. But I remember going there the first time I went. Some dear friends took Lauren and I there for the very first time when we were down in Florida doing some ministry. And I remember they paid the bill. <laughs> How many of you love it when somebody else foots the bill? Listen, when I went in and sat down, I wasn't wondering, can I have another biscuit? Maybe I can get some more mashed potatoes. Can I have some filet mignon? I've already had three. Is it okay to have two more? I didn't ask myself any of those questions. I went, man, somebody else is footing the bill. It's game on like Donkey Kong. Bring that thing over to me. Are you with me? And, and you, in order to do it, you have a little coin that if it's green, that means bring the thing of meat over to you. That 15 different meats, unbelievable. I'm not a spokesperson for, te for Texas New Brazil, contrary to what you might think right now, but I encourage you to go there. But if you flip it over to red, that means not just stop, I can't breathe, so I need you to give me a break. So many of you have flipped your coin over to red because you're not sure that the bill is going to be covered. And right now, you need to flip that thing over to green and let God bring that banquet of miracle power into your body right now. But there's something that activates that grace on our lives. There's something that turns it on. There's something that gives power to it. And it's faith. See, faith says it's now. Say, now is my moment. Absolutely it is. Of course, the Bible says now faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Faith is a right now thing. Faith is the currency of heaven. The second key to victory for healing is faith. It's the currency of heaven and by it overcome. By it we overcome. 1 John 5 verse 4 says, And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. The Bible goes on to say, Whatever is not of faith is sin. Faith is not something that you have to try to muster up within yourself. I will never stand here and tell you you didn't have enough faith to receive your miracle because that is absolute trash. Jesus told the man that had the son that was an epileptic, the man said, I come, I, you know, disciples couldn't cast it out. I don't know what to do. 
And he said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Jesus didn't look at him and say, no, go study the word again until you get more faith to get your miracle and then come back and see me. You know what he did? He gave him his miracle so that it would renew his mind to the point that Jesus wanted him to walk in on a regular basis. Don't disqualify yourself because you think you don't have enough faith. You do. The Bible says we each have been given a measure of faith. Let me ask you a question. Why would Jesus give you a measure of faith that doesn't meet the standard you need to unlock the miracle in your body? He's not a mean God. Nahum 1 verse 7, if you've ever read the book of Nahum, that is actually a book in the Bible. You should check it out sometime. Nahum 1 verse 7 says that the Lord is good. That's pretty plain and simple. He's good. He's good, isn't he? Romans 5 verse 2 says this, Through him we also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand. Let us rejoice in our hope and the confident assurance of experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and power. Hallelujah. Romans 10, 17 says this, so faith comes by hearing, then hearing by the good news about Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you, don't chase after your healing when you need it the most. Start digging a well right now. So when the season comes and Satan comes knocking on your door to try to afflict you, it's too late because you've hidden the word of God in your heart. And when he tries to afflict you, you are, you've got verses to fire at him all day long. Listen, listen, devil, I've got benefits that says I'm forgiven and I'm healed. You can't touch me because the word was sent to set me free and deliver me from my destructions. The blood of Jesus is over me. And the last time I checked, in Exodus 16, the blood was over the doorposts and the spirit of death could not enter my door. Some of you have family members right now that are laying on their deathbed and the blood of Jesus is standing against them. And God is asking of you, would you let your faith loose to believe me to move on your behalf that I can do for you by grace and faith what you cannot do for yourself. It is something that you can unlock right now. You don't have to wait for somebody to lay hands on you. You don't have to wait for some another great revelation. You can right now, by faith, receive that miracle in your body and for your loved one. Can you say amen? Of course, Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood. Could read the story, but for sake of time, I'll summarize it for you. She spent all she had, went to physicians, didn't grow any better, rather grew worse. How many of you have been there? No matter what you do, going to the doctor that just can't seem to get it done. She hears about Jesus. Had a flow of blood for over 10 years. It's too long. It's too long. She says, if I can just touch his clothes... If I can just get close enough for a touch, I don't even need him to call me out of a meeting. I don't need a word of knowledge. I don't even need him to lay hand. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. Man, don't confuse your confession with your convictions. If you believe Jesus can heal you, then don't let death come out of your mouth. If you're standing for a miracle, guard your words like a hawk. Let them be the thing that causes life to grow on the inside of you. You might not have your miracle yet, but I can promise you it's coming. Faith doesn't look at how you feel. It looks towards the promise of God's Word. 
I've seen so many miracles where people didn't feel it after I prayed for them. But the second I told them, move your body, do something that you couldn't do. Swing your arm around, even though you have bursitis in your shoulder. Do something to activate faith. They did it, and God unlocked the miracle on their behalf. When you don't give up, God will meet you along the path. When you don't stop and you don't back down, you say, God, I'm going to continue to walk out in faith regardless of the circumstance and regardless of how I feel. He will meet you, and he will give you your miracle. Can you say amen? Very quickly, turn over to Luke chapter 13. chapter 13 starting in verse 10 it says Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the, on the Sabbath behold there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up but when Jesus saw her friends I see Jesus looking at you right now he sees you Jesus sees you he sees you where you're at he didn't pass by you he didn't look over you. He's not looking to the person next to you. He's looking at you. He sees you. He sees you. He sees what that's doing to your body. He sees what that's doing to your mind, how it's making you feel. He sees how it's costing you money that really you just don't have right now. He sees the torment that it's causing, how it's causing division and dissension in your marriage. He sees how it's torn the family apart. He sees how it's keeping you up at night. Jesus sees you. He sees you. He called to her and said, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the rulers of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. He said to the crowd, they said to the crowd, there are six days in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, but not on the Sabbath day. Verse 15, the Lord then answered and said to him, hypocrite, do not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath? when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitudes rejoiced for the glorious things which were done by him. Look up at me here. Never let your, your infirmity determine your identity. Never let your sickness dictate who you are as a person. Never let that weakness that you're going through right now stop you from believing that you are a new creation in Jesus Christ and every old thing has passed away and everything has become new. You are a representative of Jesus Christ on this earth right now. Your infirmity does not determine your lot in this life. It has no power over you anymore. And from this moment forward, I break it off of your life. Because Jesus sees you and he calls out to you. And he says, you are loosed from your infirmity. Because it's not who you are. Never let what you're currently going through determine who you are as a person. You're a child of God. You're an overcomer. You're victorious. You're a son and you're a daughter. It's who you are. It's who you are. 
I've seen too many Christians go, God must be mad at me because I haven't gotten my miracle yet. No! You're his son. You're his daughter. And he loves you. And you might be in the middle of a fight, but I've got news for you. You're coming out on the other side with the victory. And you will win this thing. You will win this thing. My son's agreeing with me. So the first thing you must understand to have victory for healing, the first key you need is you have to have grace. The second key you need, you must have faith. The third key you need, you must have an identity in Christ. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, We are his workmanship, his own master work, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus. We're born from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and ready to be used good for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand taking paths which he has set, that we would walk in them, living the good life. Ha! <laughs> living the good life. I don't know about you, but even in common sense, it's not a good life if you're sick and afflicted in your body. Jesus wants you to have a good life. He wants you to have a prosperous life. If you want four kids, then by God, it's in the plan of heaven to have four babies. Are you with me? I'm not even sure who I'm talking to this morning. But I know there's people in this room right now that you are on the verge of saying, God, I don't have any strength left. But I'm promising you right now that word is coming for your deliverance. And he gave you a promise and he spoke spoke it to you in the night season. And he's going to see it come to pass in Jesus' name. Because he made you to have the good life. And the last thing that I want you to understand The last key to unlock victory for healing, you need power. You need power. Don't approach this thing half-heartedly. Don't approach this thing weak and laissez-faire and, you know, hopefully it works. If you're going to approach something, sink your teeth into it. Dig down deep. Don't you relent until you see the breakthrough. Be like the persistent widow in Luke 18 that just continued knocking until the judge finally said, Fine, I don't fear God and I don't fear man, but because you won't leave me alone, I'll give you your request. God wants you to contend and war until you see the breakthrough. And do not back down. Find a scripture that you can stand on. If you're barren in your womb, I don't know why I keep hitting this, but somebody's about to get pregnant up in this place. I'm telling you, you need to find a verse that says my my womb will be fruitful. I will multiply. That is my mandate and design from heaven. I will fill this earth, and my children will come from the loins of my body, and they will be healthy and strong and fulfill the number of their days. You need power. You need power. Power doesn't honor opinions. It honors a person and his name is Jesus. Never let your opinion get in the way of your miracle. The struggle with the man in John chapter 5 was not that he couldn't get to the pool. His opinion stopped him from getting his miracle. We exalt the pool too much. It's all about the pool, isn't it? 
And for some of you, the pool is the church. If I can just get to the church, I can be healed. And for some of you, the pool is a person. If I can just get in front of that guy or that lady, I'll get my miracle. Some of you, the pool is medication. If I can just get my medicine, I know I'll recover from it. And for some of you, you've even taken the word of God and made it of no effect because you turn it into a, instead of a grace-filled, power-packed message, it now becomes this religious, structured thing that stops you from getting healed because you think, until I have this verse memorized, and I know this story, and I understand what this means, and I can back up into the ancient Greek and identify what all the different words for power are, and exousia, and dunamis, and iscus, and kratos, and all those other, I can't get my miracle. No, 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 Jesus said in John 7:38, you have a river of life that's inside of you that wants to come out that wants to heal you deliver you save you set you free there's a river inside my friend don't wait for the man or woman of God let that river bubble up and spring forth rivers of living water on the inside of you don't let the pool get in the way of your river I want you to stand this morning. Here's what we're going to do. You could be here. And something struck you in that message. You said, that's me could be you're not quite sure of God's grace. It could be you feel you've been disqualified because of a weak faith. It could be that you're confused about who you are as a believer. Or it might be that you don't think you have any power. But if, that, if that's you this morning, and you're ready to see victory for healing, I want you to come up to this altar. And we're going to minister to you. We're going to see God touch you to see God heal you. We're going to see Him set you free. And if you're not sick and you have a family member that you're standing in the gap for, you can come up here too. Because I believe God's going to move. Thank you, Lord. So funny, it always takes one person that has the guts to come up first, and then all of a sudden people start feeling like they can move. fought with sickness too long, friend. Too long of a battle. One day has been too long. Don't have to have it anymore. You don't have to struggle for God to work a miracle in your life. I don't care if you've come to an altar a thousand times to get your miracle and it hasn't happened yet. It's going to be different this time. And for the rest of you, if you're here, I want you to stretch your hands towards these ones right now. We're going to wrap the service. But before we do, I want to pray for these ones very quickly. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. And you sent forth your word and you brought healing. 
And your word says that you confirm the preaching of the gospel with signs and wonders following. So, Father, right now, I'm asking you and I thank you. Lift your hands if you're up at this altar. That by the power of heaven, oh, church, you need to pray. By the Holy Spirit, you are loosed from your infirmity. You are free from sickness. You are free from disease. If you're barren, you're now fruitful. If you're sick, you're now healed. If you're tormented, you're free. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Give the Lord some praise, church. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to continue to minister, but if you do need to go, we love you. Thank you for coming. We'll see you guys here next week.